one series down and three to go in this postseason as the Diamondbacks sweep the Milwaukee Brewers in American Family Field to take the wild card series and they will advance to the National League Division Series in order to take on their hated rivals, the Los Angeles Dodgers. Hello, everyone. I'm Mike McDermott. And I am part of the beat at Fan Nations Inside the Dimebacks on Sports Illustrated. We find our website at si.com slash home slash Dimebacks for postseason fall league coverage. And once again, in today's podcast episode, joined by Wes Beyer. So, Wes, was that the D-backs best series of the season or was it D-backs best series of the season? That's the best series of the last, like, decade and a half let's be real dude like um honestly i have not seen playoff baseball from the diamondbacks that that's that exciting uh and i don't even know how long oh one <laughs> i think is the last time i've been like this hype for a team honestly uh two games neither of us were right we said three games was like you know our optimistic home prediction was the diamondbacks would uh take it in three and they did it in two so shame on us for not believing in our own team i point out my hat says high life because the d-backs are living the high life tonight oh yeah quote the words of tori lavelle let's effing party absolutely absolutely and i i love to see that uh just the energy from tori with the team i mean it's the you see the 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 aftermath of the clubhouse celebration and it was uh Clearly, they're going to have a really fun night tonight. Hopefully, they don't overdo it. Unlike last time they celebrated, they probably won't. The good news is they don't have to play another game until Saturday, so they have plenty of time to celebrate. Yeah, yeah they have plenty of time to celebrate this time. But anyways, uh, it was the Dimebacks' first postseason series win since 2007 because wildcard game is basically game 163, so we don't count that. And neither does Steve Gilbert. So we're calling yeah, this the best first postseason winning series win in 16 years. Yeah, that's how I view it. I don't view it as I uh, like. I mean, to me, it's been 15 years. So the I don't know. The, so you look at the series. The D-backs fell behind 3-0 and 2-0 in the two games. But of course, even after falling behind, they didn't give up more. They ended up winning both games by three runs apiece: 6-3 in game one and 5-2 in game two. The, the answer backs arrived on the national stage right there. That's just there. what I was going to say. Uh, the name is fitting. This very much fits this team. They are the answer backs. And I, I just, uh, I, I was not actually that uh, much of a believer in them winning either one of these games. I uh, didn't not, well, I followed it on game day, pitch by pitch, but I did not have it on my TV just because I, they, Every time I've turned the TV on, they've been down. And when I have the TV off, uh, they they're you gotta the turn on the backs. You got to circumvent it by doing the 3D game day. That's the <laughs> only way you can. Day. That's a. Okay. That, I'll do that. That way you have a little bit of both. Yeah, yeah, I think I'll have to do that for this Dodgers series. Um, I I'm I'm kind of speechless. What are your thoughts, Michael? Yeah, like I said, it was their best series play of the year. It's, uh, uh, they know, were able to score 10 of their 11 runs against Corbin Burns, Freddie Peralta, yeah. and Devin Williams. Yeah. On a night that, you know, Brandon fought and Zach Allen, at, you know, and those. Well, Zach Allen turned it around. Just, he turned it around. I don't, I mean, I don't know if, uh, you know, I'd like to believe that Brandon thought would, would, would have done the same given the chance. But really the point is, is that like neither of them didn't start the game off the best and they still you know came from behind and won and uh having the bullpen which is the bullpen that we've all complained about since uh you know as long as this team has exist has existed um they they've held on to the lead i'm really like that i think that's a really like a key to this this team's gonna win they're gonna have to do the same thing as the dodgers and that's a, a real tough ask um i'm starting to believe i was gonna say uh Andrew Southfrank in a gotta have it situation tonight. Bases loaded, one out, comes in, fields a comebacker, nice easy toss home play for out number two. And then next batter, I think 
Who got ground ball? Who got the ground ball? No more Marte, but ground ball. They got the out. And that was pretty much, I would say, the last gasp, gasp for the Brewers for that for the game and series. Yeah, it's uh, it's really I like I like that you you just let off with Andrew Southfrank because we have two very young relief pitchers in Kevin Ginkle and Andrew Southfrank. Uh, Ginkle's really, twenty. Ginkle did not have his best nine. stuff tonight, but no, they're both. Uh, but he but was both, awesome uh, in game one. So we'll still he was talk awesome about. in game one. I don't think he had his best stuff today, but the thing is, we have young, really young pitchers contributing. Uh, and just in terms of like their experience level, I mean, these neither neither Ginkle nor Sal Frank uh, have postseason experience. It really is the point. Well, ninety percent Kevin Ginkle has been around for a while. Eighty percent of this roster does not have postseason experience. Yeah, just to have them go out there and contribute like that. Sal Frank was a guy who's not even really on any of our radars necessarily being the year, and here he is. He wasn't even on anyone's radar game. until September fifth. Yeah, I. I just was, he was on my radar because he has an unusual last name and I'm always, uh, I always take note of the guys with weird names. So, but that doesn't count. Um, what about weird names that strike out a lot of guys in the minor leagues? Who would that be? That's what he did. It's been a long day. Yeah. So, I mean, that's really, <laughs> this is really, this, the bullpen uh, is looking good right now. I don't like the amount of, uh, just base runners that we've seen uh eventually you know you do that to the dodgers that's not gonna give you a series they're gonna hit one uh, past longo instead of longo making yeah, the play of his life yeah that's the thing i i uh yeah it, that's the real like you know touching some you know areas of concern i think uh that's the area of concern for me is just the amount of base runners that they have allowed in this series um i mean yes we have the, the bullpens were, and on both nights, have pretty much shut things down as far as run scoring. But uh, long term, a team like the Dodgers or you know any other you know whoever comes out of uh, you know Braves uh, Phillies, you gotta be concerned about uh, their offense you know breaking through versus a much weaker Milwaukee offense. Yeah, that's kind of the thing that Jack said about picking a matchup between which team you wanted a better shot in the NLDS. And then of course, I'd rather take the Braves than the NLDS over the Dodgers, considering yeah. how the two teams played each other. But the D-backs were less likely to get to the NLDS facing the Phillies than the Brewers yeah. kind of thing. So if you wanted to have like a postseason run that lasted more than 48 hours, that yeah. was the route to go. Well, they did it. We still got Here another we week. We still got another week. Here we back are. to postseason for another week. Worst case scenario, right? Mm-hmm. I and think they'll get to play a home, and they'll have a home playoff game. We can officially call this a successful season. Without oh, those are successful. You can say, now it's you just can say without more. hesitation by any standard. This is the bare. You know, the only thing that you can really do that's more of a success is go win the World Series. Uh, and that's what you well, know. Being the Dodgers is always. Beating Being the Dodgers, Dodgers when it matters is certainly going to be would be viewed as a successful season as well, even if you yeah, don't make it to the World Series. Yeah, I, I suppose success. that with that technicality, I mean, if you're if you're talking about this, like you know, the path that lays before them, beating the Dodgers is really like the one thing that obviously they have to do to, to advance. Uh, the Dodgers series, I mean, we we've seen that they they can beat them. They did it earlier in the year. They're gonna have to take, they look, but they will have to take one in Dodger Stadium. Yeah, and unfortunately, so, due to the uh, rest situation, actually no. And you look at the series, game one and five, Kershaw might start both, but do the rest of these, he actually might pitch game four. D backs will go. Yeah. D backs can afford to only use three starters, so Gal and Kelly fought for the series, thanks to yeah. a weird off day schedule that they have between games one and two. Which is very convenient for the D backs because then Gallon can start game two. Yeah, I was going to start fought I was gonna, game three. That, you know, if things do line up nicely for them to have, you know, like we've talked about this before, is if they could just get through this, this series, uh, the rotation starts lining up much better for them to, you know, be able to get two starts in from Gallon and two starts in from Kelly. Um, I mean, that's, that's a nice, that's a nice sign. Um, 
yeah, they're going to have to win at Dodger Stadium. They're going to, like, we've talked about two all games along. Is, when, uh, close, when, they, when you only play yeah, two, it's, it's two, two wins to win two best of three. Yeah, I mean, it's winner take all. I mean, at that point, I mean, I don't know how you don't look at I mean, yes, okay, it's not a three-game sweep, but still it's uh, taking, you know, you know, if you don't get past game two, they won that won all third the games game the by technicality, didn't me. they? It's they a series and you won all the games in advance, so it's a sweep. Yeah, I mean, in I, fact, all baseball, four wildcard series were sweeps. Yeah. Thus continuing so, the history. So entering this season, entering this postseason, teams that won game one were 10 and two. Yeah. And That's, nine of the 10 teams that won game one, won game two. Now, of course, we add this year, teams that won game one won the series wasn't it 14 to 16 times and the team yeah. that won game one is 13 and one is that, is that really surprise is it a surprise if that's the case i mean we know that the expansion of the playoffs it just lets in weaker teams i mean yes there's always going to be a you know but just the fact that these 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 series seem almost insignificant you almost got to wonder if they should uh make it more than a best of three there's no doubt the d-backs deserve the Prove they belonged in the postseason. Yeah. Since we're talking about, it. I I would say that this D-backs team is a better team than uh well obviously the Brewers. They're a better team than the Marlins. They're a better team than any of the teams eliminated so far. Like easily, I could say that even without the results of the the postseason. I uh, I mean that's one of the reasons why I have confidence that they could if they could just get into the postseason they can do some damage. Um, of course, now I the road becomes very very hard. So now, yeah. with respect to Milwaukee, obviously, but the yeah. the Braves and the Dodgers in Philadelphia are a different class of postseason. Milwaukee hasn't I done would, anything I, postseason. I mean, although the Philadelphia Phillies are uh, the returning NL champions and are heavily favored, I don't think that they're in the same tier necessarily as the think, Braves or Dodgers. No, the Braves are definitely going to be motivated wrong. to avenge last year. Yeah. That's the, the Braves thing. dropped the ball the big Braves, time last year against Philadelphia. That's the thing. They're not going to do it again. I don't think they're going to do it again. Um, you know, I yeah, I kind of I'm going to have to agree with you there. It's uh, I I see a really motivated Braves team. Um, that you know the Dodgers and and Phillies don't have the kind of. That's one of the reasons why I the. Uh, kind of uh had favored them going into this these playoffs is i think that the, the braves really do seem motivated to i think the braves are going to be motivated team. at least against philly and, and are a good team at the very least they're going to beat philadelphia i would take that too i don't i think that's going to be a competitive series i i do not predict a sweep with that um don't think it's going to happen i brazen really the only prediction of a sweep i'm going to go for is the d-back sweeping the dodgers and i don't even want to put that one out there because <laughs> We all know how that will go. That uh, that prediction will die in about seventy two hours. That'll age poorly. I do the D backs want to go your YCPB against Kershaw. I don't think that the the, the Dodgers are going to sweep the Diamondbacks either. No, no I don't I think see so. A sweep either way. I think that I, said, I have Dodgers. In four. I have Dodgers in four for the uh, NLDS. I think it's a conflict of interest for me to predict. Uh, <laughs> who the winner yeah. of this will be that's okay uh, you, if I'm wrong you can always hate click me was it, hate, you know, hate I views think it's best of five right um, yeah I've I got Dodgers I, in four three and one D-backs will win game three um I mean my instincts tell me that the Dodgers will probably take all three games and sweep the Diamondbacks um just based on prior experience, statistical analysis. Uh, the only way the D-backs can win in Dodgers game is energy, to LA's offense down. But my gut, my gut tells me that the that I think the Diamondbacks they could just as easily sweep the Dodgers or take them in four. Take them in four. I'm going to pick the the Dodgers cut stealing just as a. A reference point because obviously earlier in the season the D-backs were running crazy on them. Yeah, 
But then again, you're uh, much you have much hungrier Diamondback team. Okay, so Austin Barnes only eleven percent caught stealing, and then Will Smith twenty one percent. So Will Smith is above average. Austin Barnes will probably. Austin Barnes is bad. Well, Austin Barnes is playing bad. I think you can run. I would expect Will Smith to be to to get the uh, majority of the catching duties. Austin Barnes is only uh, catching the Kershaw starts, and Kershaw is impossible to run on anyway. So I, you know, that's gonna it's gonna be real interesting to see how much of the running game they apply because they really were running wild. They're not gonna the run. They're not the gonna year. run on Kershaw. Shot, so. I don't. He's too yeah, quick to home play. He's, he's got a really great pickoff move. But here's the thing: as we as we know, you have a limited. Uh, you can at least start with a little bit with the mind game with the limited number of uh, moves over to on your other stars for sure. Or disengagements. I uh, no, I'm just thinking with even Kershaw, not, you can you can mess with him a little bit. I don't no, think that you're, you're not successful. You're, but Kershaw knows the running game. Kershaw's too fast. The home play. He's got a good move to first. He's not going to get the backs running game is barely going to have an impact on him. If they even get on base, I'm going to predict a stolen base against Clayton Kershaw. I'm going to I'm going to go. I'm going to disagree with you, Michael. Just to disagree, I'm going to predict the Diamondbacks. It's going to have to be a at least if they do steal a base. It's base, going to be. It's going to be a double. It's going to be a double steal. Okay? It's going to be third base, not second, unless yeah, there's two guys on. Uh, you know, I'm going to predict that someone steals second on Kershaw. I'm going to disagree. Yeah, with you and I here, bet you Corbin Carroll will steal third on the same play. Yes, I agree. I'm going to predict that. You're probably right about that for once right there. Um, you know, uh, it, we get, I don't know which Dodger team we're going to get. Because they have this a pretty long, I don't know if necessarily the days The off, long left certainly any, can be anyone, a factor. It can be both a positive and a negative. And also keep in mind, Kershaw has a career ERA of like 1.5 something against the D-backs at Dodger Stadium or something like that. So you have to They've had they he they've struggled mightily against Kershaw. In that field. The man's okay, Corbin Carroll hasn't though. Well, we also flip it around. The D-backs have actually done well against Kershaw at Chase Field. Yeah, if they can get if so hopefully can starts chase game Kershaw four. Chase, yeah, hopefully I actually would not be surprised if they avoid starting Kershaw at a uh, Chase Field unless it, you know I'm I just don't I just could see them avoiding it just for that reason because they the Diamondbacks actually have done pretty historically well against Kershaw at Chase Field. Um, I hope I hope the D-backs can bring a playoff game home, and uh, you know, two games at least. I want to see more than just a couple games. I, uh, you know, a Chase Field this uh, postseason. So, uh, yeah, they're gonna run on Barnes. Uh, you don't try to run, run on Barnes on... when Kershaw's not. Well, Barnes is only starting at Kershaw starts, like I said. So the pitcher kind of eliminates a weakness for the catcher. Like I said, Kershaw's quick the home plate. Like he is really yeah. quick the home plate. Times home plate where you don't even bother trying. He's got a good You're not going to steal on a guy who's one zero one one. Those aren't fast enough times. That's too fast. I'm I'm curious. Uh, we don't have any of the. I, mean, I have no idea who the Dodgers are going to be throwing out there besides Kershaw. Um, I think Bobby Miller's. Yeah. Was thrown out. Bobby Miller was uh, the guy they named for game two. I could be wrong, so let's look that up. Outside Kershaw, the Dodgers starting rotation is kind of. Yeah, it's kind of mad, especially kind with of uh, weird. What's it with what's his name? Uh, white beater um, being suspended. So, um, yeah, they their, their even if uh, Re- yeah, Dodgers basically told Julio Arias to get lost. Pretty much. That's kind of what that is. Uh, yeah, I think their rotation isn't as good as Kershaw isn't you know, as good as he's been. Man's older we got than Kershaw me, okay? game one. I think Bobby Miller starts game two. Wait, is, I can't imagine the Dodgers start Lance Lynn since he led the league in home runs allowed. And as we all know, the oh, Diamondbacks hope, have a 13 game streak of hitting homers in the postseason. That's eyebrow raising. Uh, the Diamondbacks Especially for a team the, that was for the team with the I forget the statistic, but they have like the young the the largest amount of like young players under was like 24 under 23 hit home runs in the postseason since like 1901 uh, they had two 23 year olds hit a home run in the postseason 
no, three different 23-year-olds. Jerry's yeah, got 18 days ones. to make it four. Yeah. Oh, maybe uh, Lawler can fit his uh, first major league home run during these, this this postseason. That would be a real accomplishment. I don't know if he'll ever get you know anything other than pinch running and maybe a pinch hit at bat if it comes down to it. But um, that would be quite a, a noteworthy start to his career, don't you think? Your first major league home run in the playoff game? Yeah, at a key moment. I would really love to see that. I would love to. First of all, I'd love to see Tori have the confidence in uh, in Jordan like that. Um, so it, it's really it's an exciting time for a fan, and we have stability now. Like we know, looking forward, that uh, my case has been extended. So that's the twenty twenty eight season. Well, at least that's what the contract terms are. Basically, Hazen's going to be given at least another three to four years to keep this thing rolling. And so the big get, news from today, decade. big news from today is not only was Hazen extended, his top lieutenants, Amiel Sade and Mike Fitzgerald also signed contract extensions. If you don't know who those two guys are, Sade is the assistant GM and basically the number two guy in the organization. And Mike Fitzgerald is the lead the analytics department. Those were the first two guys that Hazen brought with him from Boston. And probably the two guys yeah, he trusts the most. Yeah, that's it is very noteworthy to have them uh, signed extensions as well. Uh, Sade has been a, a real key component of, you know, just that, I mean, his background is amateur scouting. So uh, I know he's had a big, big influence on the draft and this overall talent acquisition, I would say. Um, and I uh, can't complain about Mike Fitzgerald and the, the analytics department. I'm clearly this is some of these moves that, that strike you and I as kind of weird, but pay out. Yeah, Tori's uh, been managing the, managed the series very well. It took a and they, they, guy, the fact took a that they I can he should extract have. meaningful statistics from pitchers in Reno and Amarillo is like, that's like, bravo, Mike Fitzgerald. You, uh, you definitely you look deserve kudos there. Because neither you or I, I don't think any, I don't know if we can really do that. You can, but not as well as whatever they're doing. I think that they've done really well uh, considering the offensive environment. Golfing, uh, when you look at those two players. parts, you have to basically not look at ERA. It's going to look, the ERA is going to suck, yeah. especially in AAA. Yeah, it's, we've talked about this many times. PTL, uh the Pacific Coast League and the Texas League are like the most hitter-friendly. Well, Texas uh, League in general part. is not a problem. It's the fact that Amarillo bad. is... Yeah. Amarillo is gnarly. Amarillo is the biggest bandbox in the minor leagues. So, just having... this drive drive back to where we're so with uh, Mike Hazen's extension. Uh, just having him under control, you know, him, you know, running the, running the ship for... Uh, you know, an extra four years, three, four years, probably. I mean, we'll know. He, he'll, we'll even know. We'll know if he's going to yeah, his job security. His contract. He's, pretty his job now. security pretty much is tied through twenty twenty seven. We're like, we don't so, even revisit his contract. Yeah, he's we're not. Done. We're going to talk about that anytime in the future after this, other than to note uh, anything important about it. But the thing is, is like he's for once we have a Diamondbacks GM given. Uh, I mean, other than Joe, Joe Jr., uh, Joe Gary. Joe, Joe Jr. basically Jr. was Gary's yes man. Yeah, he was his yes yeah. man. But the first time a Diamondbacks GM has been given an extended chance to build an organization. And that's something I can applaud. Thank you, Ken Kendrick. Allow him to do him job. Give him a bigger uh, payroll to work with. And then I think all the Diamondbacks fans, even our like, most curmudgeonly uh, fan friends of, of, you know, I think they could be satisfied with seeing maybe actually build a fan base. Yeah, and uh, you're gonna if you you're able to like you'll want to show up for Game Three of the Division Series. Don't let the Dodger fans take over the ballpark. Yes. The more of us, the more of you guys there, the better and better, and also the better, more likely that Kendrick opens up the wallet for next year's payroll. Absolutely. Backs make a postseason run. If you ever want a chance of the D-backs signing a guy like Otani where we can actually even like or, talk about more that. Importantly, in the sense of Wesley's, yeah. Wesley's not crazy 
you know, we're going to actually be realistic about signing these kind of players. You got to show up for these games, bring a friend, bring your, bring your kids, bring your nephews, bring your nieces, show up, support this team. Cause it's, it's like, that's how we're going to get this team to this, how the team can improve. It's the only way the fans to start showing up more. Cause it's been kind of, obviously, uh, fans have not been motivated to, to to watch these Diamondbacks in person when they haven't been uh, doing their best. So, who I mean, they're rather, watching now. So who would you rather give $50 million to? Shohei Otani or Jordan Montgomery and Cody Bellinger? $50 million. Mm, I would, here's my thing with Otani is that uh, he, yes, he would probably not, pitch until the end of next season mostly he might no he's not pitching at all in 24 i don't think he yeah i don't think he's pitching at all in 2024 but the thing is is that once he comes back he will come back from this he will i don't see him yeah uh i mean he's gonna literally gonna have to be like medically retired to be not able to pitch like someone's gonna give him a chance or third to do it eventually. yeah uh so i think his bats just, I mean, like he's he's just based on his battle on this this season, he's worth you know probably that amount. If you add in marketing and the fact that he can come back as an above average starter, I still go with Atani for fifty million. I mean, but also at the same time, you're spending fifty million on an above average starter, and in Jordan Montgomery, who fills a hole that this organization has. They don't have any good left-handed stars or left-handed but pitching Atani- in general that are proven Tony fills a hole in this organization that it has which is not having enough fans yeah i could look forward that uh, i'm dead but no seriously the amount of fans I that st- would bring in and revenue it would bring in from increased viewership uh uniform sales all that they could afford another guy on top of that like a tiny pretty much it's got to pay for himself in terms of increased marketing and, and this is value he provides on the field. And he's a great also, clubhouse guy too. But then you're also comparing the Arizona market to the LA market, even though it was, a, yeah. even though the angels are, are clear second. But. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the thing is like, yeah, okay. Yeah. I realistically, yeah. You sign a Jordan Montgomery, you sign and a Cody Bellinger. Like, if you're going to spend 50 Cody million dollars. Yeah. That, I mean, you I didn't market I Cody Bellinger out. because he's a local guy. He went yeah, to high I school. Threw out uh, Bellinger the signing uh, the other day. Ten miles I from where I live. A great idea. I didn't do it publicly, but you know that I was saying, like, hey, why, why wouldn't Bellinger be a good fit? And I think so. Like that's, I would much rather them see go for a guy that's maybe having a down year that they could. That's not actually think. Tani's having a down year just based on health. I think they can get him at a discount. You call ten WAR a down year? For a Tani, it is. That's his career best season. It's still, he war. probably considers it, you know, the man considers it a down year for himself too. I'm, I'm serious. I'm sure he does. I'm sure Shohei Tani looks at this season as, well, I didn't finish the season. I'm probably not going to win the Cy Young. That's still not good the MVP enough. unanimously. And you know what? I don't think that's good enough for him. And I get it. It's not, I mean, he, he has a higher ceiling than that. And that's why I think 50 million if you get it for fifty million, you sign him because he could be easily paid twice that. I was going to say, in the case of Otani, if you're going to sign him, it has to be a short term deal. I don't yeah, think it's a be short term high AAV. Yeah, Wait, let the Yankees gonna... do that or the Mets. I... Yeah, as long as if if he's going to sign with an NL if, team, if, just just if, just sign with the D backs, Shohei. If not, just sign with the Yankees, so we don't have to deal anyone but with, the Dodgers with that. Anyone but the Dodgers, Giants. You can sign with the Rockies. I don't know why you would, but uh, <laughs> why would he want to kill his okay. career? I think I'd be okay with that out of just the novelty of Shohei playing for the I Rockies. I can see why. I can see the somewhat the- of the appeal for Arizona, but I don't think I Hazen's mean, the type of GM that wants to blow his load on the one, just one play. Blow his cash. I, yeah, well, I don't say I blow, mean, but obviously he, spend all his cash on. One I I don't see him doing it. The only way I see it happening, something like that, is if Ken Kendrick is like, I'm going to sign Shohei Atani. Uh, there are worse I, Kendrick, I signed this guy moves that I can think of. Yeah. It's not, it's not outside the realm of possibility for Ken Kendrick to be like, I'm going to sign Zach Ranke. He did that. I'm going to sign Well, Matt at least the Granke signing worked out. So, you know, he can, he, we can, 
we'll we'll praise you, Kenny, if you sign Shohei and then some other players. Like, I mean, it'll be nothing but glowing just uh, praise for me, at least initially. Hopefully, it doesn't work out like you know, in LA. Attention to Bellinger. The guy can play yeah. all center field, right field, first base if you need him there. You don't have to. He can fill a hole for you the next four years or something like that. And also the homecoming since he played at Hamilton High School. And as yeah, I mentioned, right. Jordan Montgomery is a very attractive free agent, but I think the Diamondbacks are going to be priced out on Montgomery because the guy's shot. Yeah, he's he's having a good. He's gonna uh, he's uh, gonna break season. Corbin's contract. Yeah, I mean, Six for Mike Hazen, does it does stick with our theme here? Uh, for Mike Hazen, I think my next big move that I would look to do is actually uh, sign Gabriel Moreno for an extension. And oh, if yeah. you haven't heard, I, he was taken out of the game. Does not have a concussion. He is fine. No, oh, they say he's not in the protocol. Not that he's not in the concussion protocol. So I mean, yeah, he got wonked in the head. Um, now, Bryce Terang backswing got him when Terang struck out in the second. That's Finished the inning. But what do you mean unacceptable? The fact it's not Marcelo Azuna we're talking about here. You, well, that's my thing. Is that I mean, it may not if it happened. That kind of stuff happens regularly. I think there's no really. It's not Moreno's fault that that happened. That's the batter. I mean, he was fault. going down the block a ball because the terrain was swinging at a breaking ball. Yeah. Hurt. yeah, I get it. I'm just saying that's it's unfortunate. But I would I signed uh, Gabriel Moreno to an extension. That'd be my first move. Yeah. Um, I would look at extending if you're confident in Jordan Lawler, extend him. Uh, I wouldn't. It's too early. If you're confident, it wasn't like he hit the ground running like Carroll did. Yeah, that's the real. That's the real thing that I. You and know, if I'm Waller, I don't. I probably don't want to sign an extension right now. Yeah, I don't. Unless I, don't I get him, yeah. Corbin Carroll money, and if yeah, I were D-backs, I don't quite offer that just yet. No, yeah, I don't. I don't see them extending like him got, right away. But Gabriel Moreno is definitely a, a, the first target for me for you know the off season is extend him. Get that core say, of CC and and uh, Gabby locked up. Outside of Carroll Moreno, it's like who on this organization can consistently put up five war if you're talking about the top prospects in the system mm-hmm. i mean there are some guys that are there's no one really like other than that i mean gabriel marino if, it, if he can just have like add a little bit of uh a little more slow had like four three or something like that yeah. a full season that could be five war and you yeah, look, no, I, I think then you need drew jones like to hit cool. his ceiling to break five I don't think Robinson's a guy that's going to have five war. There's not going to be enough with the bat. Even if you project, yeah. even if you project and reach his ceiling as a defensive player and base runner. Yeah, I don't think he has the ceiling that uh, Robinson's more no like turning into an average bat not, than a superstar. I'm not ready to say that just yet. I think uh, I want to give him another half season before I'm really on board with that that assessment. I'm still very optimistic about his overall uh just skill set i think there's still some rust but it will, you know we'll see i might actually agree with you on that i mean there's really uh, a ceiling there's one tommy troy hit the ceiling, tommy, maybe i think i think he is a higher more high floor than high ceiling guy i don't see him doing much basically more if you think tommy like, troy can get the five war you're saying he's a better prospect than tommy troy. yeah i mean i don't i wouldn't say that's really I, I I would say he probably has a, a better chance of being like a, a base four war player than Jordan Waller does. I mean, in pitching side, I think, side, it's I, like think they I think don't Jordan really Waller have... will have a higher ceiling, and he hasn't justified it with uh, his the initial start of his career at the MLB level. So, uh, I I mean, you could lock up Brandon Fott. You could lock up. No, you don't extend pitchers early. That's I mean, Gallon's pretty much the one that you want to extend, or Merrill Kelly. Well, they already extended Kelly, so I guess you. you I don't think I don't think uh, Gallon will sign an extension necessarily. I could see him doing D-ba- it. Gallon not signing extension is not far. lack of effort on the Diamondbacks side. Yeah, I don't. I don't see him. I don't see him signing. Gallon's not extension. the type of person that would sign. Gallon's the type of person who wants to bet on himself anyway. And then on top yeah. of his agent Scott Boris, that's why. Like I even if even Scott if his Boris. agent was different, we'd be in the same situation. 
So, I mean, like that, you know, like really the big thing, you know, other than extensions. So you lock up your core regardless of what we're talking about all this. You lock up your core um, position players. That's... Your core position players, not your pitchers. I mean, pitchers you can, but how, it's very tricky. You can. It's pitchers risky. Break. It needs to be structured the, the right way for to be really, to, to have that make sense. I think the real move, obviously, is like finding another starting pitcher to bolster this rotation. If Jordan Montgomery, if the Evacs can land Montgomery, that's actually perfect. That would be the perfect pitcher. I'm not sure of the other. You may have to uh, pay an extra, a big price to get him, but he rounds out this rotation perfectly. He's your number two between Gallon and Kelly. And you can win with a rotate, a top three of Gallon, Montgomery, Kelly. Assuming Kelly doesn't have a major drop off. You never know. He's yeah. at that age where he could fall off a yeah, that's actually that's my my one concern with with Merrill Kelly at this point is he is he's the walks are he's up. older than Gall. Yeah, his his walks are up. His age, he's getting near the age of where you're starting to decline. Um, I think his contract he'll turn thirty five later this month. I think his contract is already structured pretty well to coincide with the years of competitive the, the Diamondbacks have. Yeah, um, the best could keep him around through the twenty twenty five season if they decide not to. Yeah. I mean that's I, I mean I think right now you want you want to look at I I really just I mean the Dynamax are gonna have to blow away you know like they're clearly capable of throwing out a large contract at a player they did with Zach Ranky they did with Madison Bumgarner um I I think that they could do better than Jordan Montgomery no no knock on him no disrespect I think that there's they're they're Jordan Montgomery's going to signing... starting pitching free agent on the market I. Well, ones that are Japanese. Um, yeah. I'm not talking about the top Tommy. American not, starting pitcher. Yeah, there are some. There and are the D backs are already priced out for Yumbo, in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, I mean, if you're if you're going to hold your money for a guy coming over from Japan, uh, I would throw money at Roki Sasaki. We've talked about him before. He's the guy who threw like that. The D backs already priced like out Sasaki, too. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm saying <laughs> we're saying this year's in advance. Not necessarily, in my opinion. I mean, like the fact that they paid. I mean, they had the I highest paid player in Zach Ranky for a second. I mean, I feel like the D-backs are going to get upbid by either the Mets, the Mariners, or the Dodgers for Sasaki. Yeah, or even the Yankees. Yeah, that's the, big market teams. I know the Yankees are going to go hard after Yamamoto. That's the reason why I agree with you on them. Yankees, Mets, any team that has money for years. Yeah. I mean, the Mets are basically um, already I mean, trying to recruit him. My attitude is the Diamondbacks clearly have had the money to throw at free agents at times. So let's assume that they do, because I think that they you do. expand payroll when you do that. Got to keep they need the players that are payroll. here now. You can't operate under, well, we're going to sign this guy and subtract it. No, that's the, the real difference that Mike Hazen needs to be given now is, okay, well, now you can actually spend the money and – the payroll, the pay, you know, overall payroll can kind of expand with the growth of these players and with inflation and, you know, all that stuff that comes with just the passage of time. Um, so, I mean, for, yeah, he's got to open up his pocketbook for Mike Kazin to really be able to make these moves. Because my attitude is, yeah, they could go cheap, but like, what's the point at that? You know, like, if you're going to want to go thrifty. cheap. Put more, put, if they can't put spend more big, go spend thrifty. Spend intelligently. If you have to spend big to land someone, do it. But then don't go out and you know do a do a pod raise where you get you have four high price middle and you know higher high price players that you like. Their whole the whole way they structure their team is not very smart. And that's the thing is like these balloon like when you're ballooning your payroll like that, that's not the way to go. The Diamondbacks need to make key strategic free agent signing. You have to improve your rotation, but needle. you don't want to yeah. trade the farm away yeah. to do it. Yes, exactly. I mean, that's one of those where you got, you could, you know, you go, you can go out and spend the money on the right players. And I think like looking at this last office season, obviously this was more of an assessment year and seeing how the team grew. But well, this, the assessment is this they, team has potential. But Zach Davies, how we how much better would this team have been if they had actually spent money on someone other than Zach Davies? If they, you know, drop ship on I mean, uh, Mad Bum, gave it away, Mylene instead. Like that. 
Well, I was going to say, I, it was going to be tough to convince Miley to not go to Milwaukee. Yeah. I mean, he's already, yeah, I think, I think there's already beef in the organization. Uh, with, I mean, with Miley and the organization, considering that uh, you traded him away. I don't know why they did that. Um, I mean, Miley at the time was though. a declining pitcher. With weak, uh, game yeah. Game. And I don't think he's a guy that can give you 30 starts. Yeah, no, that's the thing. So signing a guy like that doesn't make sense to me. And left-handed. You have to go out and sign someone that, one, not everyone thinks is going to be an awful move because Zach Davies, what happened Wade Miley for like $8 million is not a terrible move. No, no. Wade Miley is an example of a good move. For the same contract and, you know, dollars, Totally would have been okay with that. Let me double check. The, the thing is, I'm just, I'm just assuming. I know I can, I can, I can assume he's better than Zach Davies. Does never look at ERA when you judge, when you project. I can, I'm gonna assume he's better than Zach Davies because it's not hard to be better than Zach. Davies. Never mind, pass some way, Miley. His advanced ERA. There you go. So, but there's my, there's X-R-A, my ERA FIP X ERA XFIP when you're talking about projecting into the future. So looking at your, yeah, that's a big thing is Madison Bumgarner's uh, fielding independent pitching and his adjusted or normalized, whatever the X stands for in that. Uh, I don't use FIP that, unless the guys, have, I think I, don't, I use X, I, you use the X number because that's yeah the real estimator, FIP. The, the prognosis, uh, if you look at those stats for Davies or Mad Bum, uh, prior to their signings, they predicted that he they would be pretty much as bad as they were. I think Bumgarner was worse than his FIP and XFIP in 2019. Yeah, he, was he only had one good. year where zero is below five. Yeah, and, and and you know what? That's not a surprise to anyone. And that's my thing is that the Diamondbacks, if they're going, first of all, don't if you can't throw money at a you know high price free agent. Don't go throw money at a, you know, like less money at a shitty free agent just to make a move. That's the first thing that the Diamondbacks need to avoid in this offseason. They're going to build off the success of whatever happens this year. Uh, yeah, I was saying a guy like Zach Davis gives you less of a chance to win than Brandon Fox. Yeah. Slate Ciccone. Yeah. That's my point. It's like I'd rather see them not bother at all with free agency and just give. Oh, give Blake Walston a chance. Better, better chance than Zach. Hey, Davies. three scoreless innings in the fall league today. So yeah, there you go. And that's the thing is, you never his velocity isn't great. We have questions about Blake Walston, uh, but that's my thing is you have to give him. A, you have to give players like that a chance. And if you're throwing dollars at these horrible free agents, you don't have the dollars later on when a guy like you know Shohei is available. Or a guy like Roki Sasaki is. I mean, if you have to spend money, spend it wisely and don't just waste it just to make a move to make a move. That's something that's been really common. Find it uh, over a lot the of years. Money on a pitcher in his prime. Yeah, I think I think we've kind of treaded water with the uh, some of the some of the free agents uh, pitchers that we've picked up either you know that were off of waivers or uh, free agent signings. We'll like to see us avoid that. Um, I mean, there's. That's the thing. Like, you have a farm system. If you're gonna use it, build. If you're gonna build it, use it. Don't just like waste players' careers, right? I mean, that's the thing is we've seen all these guys have the opportunity now. Like, we're seeing the faith given in Corbin Carroll pay off. We're seeing the faith oh. given in Gabby Moreno pay off. Uh, Jose Herrera. Okay, that's a good example. Just because he's been in this system, we need it be longer than anyone else. And I mean, there's a reason to look. I'm we, yeah, I mean, he's he's probably the worst example of a guy's minor league career path is because he's Let's got the he's got the classic minor league backup catcher career path, which is just laboring away forever and then getting a job, pitcher gloves good enough. And that's Jose, and we're good with him. Uh, Perdomo, that's a good one. Uh, the fact that he had such a horrible rush debut where he just like really looked like he could. Couldn't hit his way out of a brown paper bag. Um, yeah, there are times where he looks. In the Milwaukee series, I mean, he, he killed them with walks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's, and that's the thing. That's the thing right there. 
got to give a guy like that who's not flashy. Like Perdomo, when you look at him as a player, he's not going to be the flashiest of skill set. He's not a guy that fans are going to be like, oh, my God, Perdomo is such a great contributor to the team's success because, they, you know, he literally has just walked the offense to death. That's been his best skill set, uh, skill that he's had. Perdomo is particularly and, dangerous batter leading off an inning from the nine spot because if he gets on, then you got, as it happened four times in the series, you got Corbin Carroll coming up to the plate. And of course, the bigger the moment, the bigger Carroll does stuff. The bigger Carroll comes up. Yeah. And of course, uh, after he him, just tell Marte. And Perdomo that's that's himself, a pretty daunting. All he has to do is get on base. And then they can create some chaos. And I well, love it. Carol creates more chaos than a, tornado, than a sharknado. Yeah. I, I And it's, uh, you know, I, I really, I would really be interesting to look at in a hypothetical D-backs win the World, World Series. Where do you go? Where do you go from here in constructing your roster in the offseason? Like, what do you, what, you run it back, I guess. Which run is it back a, except for Longo. Like, yeah, you, t- you say, Take your sunset ending, Longo. Congratulations. Not a Hall of Fame player, but Hall of Fame. Yeah. Hall, very good. He's a, he's, a, he's a borderline candidate. I think that uh, he might get in the Veterans Committee later, way later on uh, after Let's he retires. just say this. I will have gray, if Longo gets in the Hall of Fame, I'll probably have gray hair. Probably. I will probably be dead before that happens. I hope um, not. I'll have gray uh, no, hair I, at 40. I, Oh, I think it's probably gonna be like thirty years. He won't. He won't get on the on, on the initial ballots. I'd be very surprised if he does. Um, I mean, Longo gets on if Longo retired next year. He first gets on the ballot in twenty twenty nine. And he'll linger for oh. me. It's like it's like seven years, something like that. Yeah, Jesse will be able to vote for him on the Hall of Fame. I'll be like pushing. I'll be pushing forty five, man. Forty. I'll be in my forties. Okay, I'm being old. Okay, and if he goes to veteran committees and he has to fall off to that, and he wouldn't be up for another twenty to thirty years based on the average male life expectancy, I'll probably be dead. So uh, that's the thing. Uh, I don't know what you would do, you know, necessarily. Yeah, run it back. Um, run it back with your core. Get Jordan, sign Jordan Montgomery. Yeah, I mean that's the Tony thing. Bolster, bolster the team. Bolster the upgrade team. Upgrade yourself the best you at can. center field and. Starting rotation. Yeah. Get yeah. Uh, no, they're for two. They paid a lot for two. You gun for two World and, Series. That's what you do. And then get another back end arm to go with Ginkle and Seawood. Yes. Yeah. And that's uh, like the they're thing. set at middle reliever for next year. You got Thompson, Saul Frank, and uh, Fraser are going to be on the roster next year. So, and Fraser's uh, finally for... figured out how to throw strikes and slow. Now he's roster. He's now playable. Yeah, Although I'm worried about how he'll handle a postseason. Yeah, yeah, I, really, I, mean, I have no idea with some. I mean, I'm really my, my expectations are non-existent. We know what to low. expect of Stalfrank. For all just for this team in general, just so I don't get disappointed. I don't. I, don't, I mean, this is just bonus baseball. I mean, we're at so, the point where the D-backs are really playing well. So. Yeah, this is this the postseason. Is actual, they want. They got. They want a series. Matters. It wasn't a fluke. Yeah. Now it's like okay, let's just see where this team can go from here. So uh, we'll pre, we'll, we may do, we may talk about Dodger series when before the series kicks off on Saturday. Yeah. Again, if you are here, here watching the live stream, make sure to click that subscribe button, leave a like, and comment down below what you predict, how long NLDS will go, and who wins. Like I said, uh, let's let's throw out ours. The, you said by uh, Dodgers and. In, in Dodgers in four. Dodgers in four. I'm gonna, I'm gonna predict D-backs in five. I think they'd win five. I think their best chance of winning is in four. Four games. My Chase gut says D-backs and D-backs and D-backs in four or five. My, you know, of course, like I said earlier, with experience. I, if they sw- get swept, I'm really not surprised. I don't think anyone will be. The Dodgers are a good team. But the uh, that little glimmering spark inside helped me to believe, Michael, and you should believe and uh, catch us next time. Yeah, I actually went through that Brewer series. I didn't feel nervous at all. 
Like that's yeah, how I'm gonna know, view the Dodgers I, series. I mean, that's I guess you kind of have to look at that. I mean, how the players do is just kind of you know take it by game by game. That's how I'm doing it. I'm not trying to get my ahead of my expectations. I'm not gonna buy a ticket just yet. Um, I'm I I think that I I think the Diamondbacks can beat the Dodgers. I'm gonna stick with that prediction. So we'll have to take uh, at least one back. game. All right. By the way, uh, inside Diamondbacks will have live. So so si.com says some such Diamondbacks will have live coverage of the Dodgers series. Jack Summers will be covering it at Dodger Stadium. His credential got approved. So Yay. for your best postseason fall league coverage. Yeah. Head to si.com slash lmb slash Diamondbacks. If you're on Twitter, click the picture, please. Yes. Uh, yes, please do that. Do um, that when we post stuff. And uh, we'll be, uh, should, we do, uh, should we do like an episode before the Dodgers series? Yeah, I think. Make, I think and do like a prediction a, of how the division series will go across the board? Yeah, I think that's kind of what we, we probably would be a wise thing to do. I know we were wrong on... Uh, we were wrong, but right. I was about the that. only series we got wrong was Tampa versus Texas. Yeah, that was we got that we got a couple of the matchups. Oh wait, up, you were wrong we, on Minnesota versus Toronto. That was correct. yeah. No, well, I did say Minnesota was a, tw- a team that could uh, surprise some people that they're dangerous, and I didn't know Royce Lewis, who's been the key to that that uh, that team's win. So um, we've been kind of right and wrong at times. Uh, just the fact that there, there's a Twins Astro series. Yeah, we actually uh, dropped the ball we'll on that see. one last last time yeah, out. We, we were talking about Twins playing the Astros, which they're doing now. Yeah, they're doing that now. So technically, we predicted that with our. Well, screw obviously, up. the so, Astros can't win in two. Yeah, yeah, that can't happen. But I, uh, I think that I, I think the Astros will probably beat the Twins. But like I said, they're a dangerous team. So I'm gonna, uh, but we'll come back. Uh, and during this, the break between the next game, uh, again game with our one for the, on our predictions for the game one the is NL, Saturday Kershaw versus Kelly in game one. Mm, we don't know what the time I'm, is. We'll announce that in the next episode when the first pitch it will be. Yeah, I, I, they'll I'm be playing gonna, on TBS. So we'll get to hear Ernie, Ernie Johnson. So make sure so, you watch that. And if you're a Diamondbacks fan in California, try to get it, uh, you know, show up in Dodger Stadium, show some love for the D-backs. And uh, keep your head on a swivel. Just in case. Yes, do that. That's going to wrap up today's episode. Again, uh, make sure to leave, make sure to comment down below how you think the NLDS is going to go. Click the subscribe button, like the video. And share it so that way you keep the receipts for if we're right or wrong when this series comes up. And yes. uh, we'll see you guys again on Saturday. That's when we're going to upload the next episode. Look out for that. Thanks for watching.